time to Pastor Michael and also to conclude the service with benediction. Over to VST. Good morning. I hope I'm audible. Yeah, yes, please. Today's scripture reading has been taken from Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 to 17. Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 to 17. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for the evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found the ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us and we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, what is, what is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because he told them so. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you, that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea, then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and let us not lay on innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered the sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. This is the word of God. Yeah, over to Pastor. Pastor, you are muted. Good morning. Dear brothers and sisters, welcome on board. And we have a special passenger traveling with us. He's a celebrity preacher, none other than Prophet Jonah. How many of you are happy to travel with him? I'm sure some are going to be anxious about the trip ahead or our journey. If I happen to put it up, this way, Bible has many stories of ship and uh, ark 
and boards. And of course, a couple of weeks back, we saw even uh, Paul sailing on the ship, having a, a, a you know, sea crash. Well, so in this way, today, I'm going to introduce the great prophet Jonah. This Jonah is, in his introduction, very different. This, this is the only written prophetical book from a, uh, by a prophet or for a prophet from the northern kingdom. Northern kingdom, which God went on to be exiled or the people kind of disappeared because of the evil and wickedness the people of Israel committed. Only the southern kingdom, which we call Judah kingdom, got retained. And uh, this Jonah happened to be uh, such a great uh, uh, person who about whom is very briefly said. Also, we have a quotation about him, 2 Kings 14.25. Very likely theologians also identify that he could be the same person because of the duration in which he lived and the uh, you know, origin about him is given. Well, uh, we, the Delhiites, have you know got accustomed for various travel and we commute a lot but in all this middle of every travel we come across traffic jams and obstructions and delays okay those who are accustomed for a long distance journey like train journey when you cross you know come across number of hindrances cancellation journey aborted or you know train cancel flight cancel we quickly get a you know notification the inconvenience costs are deeply regretted the term which i you know shudder to hear in the railway station i want to be on time okay so we are in a journey and we are going to sail along with uh, jonah shall we look to god in prayer dear lord may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart and all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, the moment you hear the story of Jonah, all of us will have, uh, you know, have all the messages flashing through in your minds. So I have taken this caption from the song, Lord's love never gives up. And if you look at this very guy, Jonah, the great prophet, it is so interesting fact that this is the only book, the prophetical book among the minor prophets, given a very, you know, the very less prophecy described in that, except for God's prophecy about Nineveh. Okay, and it is more of a description or a story about a person, Jonah. Jonah is not a book of mythology, not an imagined, imagined story. It's very likely Jonah himself could have written uh, because Jonah is repeatedly referred in the third person, causing some you know, search for another author. But it is very likely he could have written the book, mentioning him as a second, third person. And uh, it is Christ Jesus. He himself quoted Jonah in the book of Matthew and in the gospel according to Luke. There is, you know, surety that Jonah is a true figure who lived uh, the story of fish swallowing him for three days, three nights. It's a 
true incident, even took place in the history. And many even scientists found out a person who lived in the whale's stomach and came out live also. And therefore, there are enough stories can be mentioned or even there are number of things told how to survive in the whale's belly. Yes, so historians uh, definitely understand this. Also looking at the very situation he lived in, he was living in the northern kingdom. Okay, it is towards uh, Galilee side. And uh, from there, he was asked to go to a place by land route to Nineveh. Nineveh is uh, east of Galilee side. Whereas he chose to flee to Tarshish and that too by sea route. And that was far away from the land of uh, Israel or Judah, if I have to put it up. He traveled to Joppa, uh, a town of uh, Harbor, and he, finds a shade, he found a shade and he started traveling. I will be just sharing my uh, screen for sharing my um, the outline, just a minute. Yeah. I hope you are able to see. Well, this way, this slogan or the caption I took it from, God's love never gives up, never gives up on anybody. That is to indicate how in God in his love is persevering. And uh, God was not giving up on Nineveh. God is not giving up in Jonah. So from this, I'd like to take your thoughts to how God is reaching out Jonah. If I have to bring your attention to all these uh, uh, passage and also the outline, you would be interested to see how God is sending a word. Verse 1, we look at it. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Jonah means love. Amittai means loyal or truthful. The father's name used to uh, it meant truthful. The son was called Dao. All right, the pigeon. And so God gave a word to Jonah. It is very specific. He was so clear to reach out this person. The person the job himself, uh, you know, God is not going to disclose himself to an individual. We all know from the history and from the whole of Bible, God speaks very specifically to his servants, to his children, to the prophets, sending the word. And here he is giving uh, his word or sending the word to Jonah. And also with the clear specific call, sending his word not only to uh, a person, also it is for a greater uh, purpose to preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. How can wickedness go up to heaven? That could be a question. But you know, the anthropomorphic way of presentation of our human authors always indicate how they express themselves to depict the way the amount of sin was increasing in Nineveh. If we have to look at Nineveh, Nineveh was an Assyrian town, a big town, a flourishing town. The Assyrians once upon a time afflicted these people of God, the northern kingdom as well and Judah as well. And here, the city, the destination what gives is a place filled with a lot of 
uh, arrogance and killing and that if you have to refer we go to the book of Nahum, you will see how the very city Nineveh even described after their repentance also. So here there is a word coming to Jonah and there is a specific destination coming to Jonah. Destination, the people and the location and the outreach is specified to Jonah. To do what? Message to cry out against Nineveh's wickedness. He said, because go preach against it. What would you mean by preach against it? If you are given a task of intruding an enemy's country or a hostile place to go against and tell about their wickedness, will you have to go? I'm sure I will hesitate for a moment. Although in ancient past, in 30 years back, I ventured to go to a place where, which was infested with lots of terrorists, gunfights, and uh, you know, bloodbath. Uh, no, no need to mention about the place. Well, sometimes we venture out, and many of us would venture out for a you know destination, like for expedition. We would love to go for adventure trip. Okay, you and I love to go and to. Uh, you know, uh, um, uh, find out something new in a place, we might do the adventurous trips. But here, for a prophet to go to Nineveh to preach against it, definitely to say a warning or to indicate they are in the wickedness. So God's way is very specific. In this way, he doesn't, he didn't want to give up on Jonah very specifically and give up on that city called Nineveh. And so he's sending the messenger. How does he send the messenger? God's choice. He has a choice of Jonah, the prophet. It was not somebody else. It was not, you know, later who came or somebody, their predecessors, Jonah had. It is very specifically Jonah, his servant. And the mission also is very specific. So when God sends out a messenger, something we need to always understand the whole of God's purpose in setting his uh, you know, selection or sending. And then he was sending, sending for repenting of Nineveh. Because, you know, I don't want to jump to the fourth chapter. That was indicative of something to bring repentance. Jonah, probably in a situation as a servant of God, as a Hebrew, as a prophet, he thought his message would be irrelevant to uh, heathen people or Gentile people or people who indulge so much into so much of uh, atrocities or bloodbath or you know nonsensical uh, way of following. Uh, ungodly ungodly gods or rather who are not actually gods. You know, he believed in the Yahweh, the living God, God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And he would have definitely learned so much about the, uh, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, how God brought the fire upon them. And he was also aware how God will punish the ungodly who don't follow the living God. He thought he owned the God. He belonged to the living God. So, he, when he was told he was to go and preach, it was something hard on him. Therefore, we see him escaping also. 
but definitely when god was sending it was for a specific task although the predictions were not told or it was not announced to jonah that jonah you will preach and the ninevites will come to god they will repent it wasn't told although he was a prophet so many things he knew but this was not revealed it was not disclosed by god but god was sending to a waiting ninevites repenting ninevites and there was no shortcuts no long cuts route was assigned go to ninevites and from his land route he had to only travel either by some uh, you know mode of transport uh, you know travel on a donkey or elephant uh, travel on a horse he should travel but you know he was indicating about the willing and ready audience also but we see uh, unwilling unprepared messenger in jonah why there was some reluctance there was some kind of inclination he thought this message is irrelevant to ungodly people and he thought probably the people of nineveh will be intimidating him or will put him down or might you know take revenge on him or finish him off so this way he had his hesitation to progress or he had his own sentiments oh why should this message of grace of god or repentance or god's message shall be told to somebody else who doesn't deserve to be told about well many times our prejudice our preoccupied minds or our own knowledge of god unwilling to you know give that knowledge to others we became uh, so lethargic we became so you know possessive we became so selfish but we see a different thing happening to in the life of uh, our uh, jonah so let us travel with jonah what did happen to jonah Jonah was buying a ticket. Jonah was buying a ticket. Just a minute. Okay. Yeah. Jonah bought a ticket. How did he get a ticket? Well, he had money. He had, uh, you know, made his plan. He organized himself. I'm sure he had a well thought through plan. I'm sure many of you, when you undertake a plan for long travel, especially people like us, you know, we always travel. Grace, myself, with even. all our three children travel in a train how do we organize we pack up food uh, we pack up pickles we pack up some snacks and then organize our bedding and organize our you know checklist and whether we are you know ready for a big uh, you know travel our journey well all the time we always compare our life as a journey well we plan like that when this jonah made his plan so that he will escape god it is very clearly indicated uh, but jonah ran away from the lord he headed to tarshish he went down to joppa where he found a ship bound for the port after paying the fare he went aboard and sailed for tarshish if you even look at further when they threw a lords or you know they were casting the lords you know they had the passenger list <laughs> so interesting but look at i would like to bring god's plan god has a travel plan for you and therefore the second point i like to put it god's intervention in jonah's life to execute his plan well we all think you know i have a plan to go i have a plan to travel but god is also having a plan for us what is god's plan jonah planned very well thought through bought a ticket on the birth it was not waitlisted not a rsc it was a confirmed birth why because we see him 
sleeping, having a sound sleep. Okay, so he had his comfortable birth. I think you know somebody provided a nice cold, uh, nice bedding, or uh, even his uh, uh, you know pantry was coming in the shape. Okay, Jonah was you know so sure about his travel, but God has His own plan or His love to execute His plan. God's plan be will be executed. What did happen? Jonah's plan got halted. God's master plan has to move on. It is coming into force. One can temporarily flee from God. Fleeing and escaping from God may be looking easier at the beginning, but people end up paying a big price. So he bought a ticket. Some of us, you know, for emergency trip, we don't mind paying a huge amount. Or even for a flight fare, you know, current ticket to buy it is always costly. Or a buying a Tatkal ticket will be always a costly affair. So he bought, he spent his money. It is not a you know ticketless journey. Have you traveled by ticketless as a ticketless traveler? Well, once upon a time I needed to travel because the connecting train was just moving. I needed to jump in, and so I needed to show the TT sir. I just came by the train, so you can only make a ticket to my next destination because I didn't have the time to book another ticket. Go to the counter. Well, you know he agreed to probably issue the return ticket, but here is a confirmed ticket. Our brother Jonah is coming. Okay, we are all traveling. So what had happened? He had a very good plan and the went and slept off. Okay, but God is intervening. God's following is, you know, uh, permanently to seek all His people to be saved, not to perish. As much as God desired Israel nation to be the witness of all the other nation, God was very keen to see that this person Jonah takes. The gospel to others—that is the master plan of God. He wanted to execute, so God is following, permanent for to seek all the people to be saved. And here, this Jonah trying to escape. What did happen there? God wakes up his children to execute his mission. He was fast asleep. God is coming. How is he coming? He's encountering the life of the very Jonah. Because of him, the whole ship is rocking. God will shake us from the comfort zone, comfort sleep, for being indifferent or irresponsible to the dying people who are perishing in the sins. Are we in God's master plan? Because God doesn't want to give up on His love. Well, we see trouble in the sea, trouble in sailing, but He was safe in God's plan. I like to. Indicate many times, you know, we see the caution on the main roads, diversion again. That also irritates. Like the way inconvenience is regretted. Sometimes when we see on a straight road, want to reach on time, diversion again is always an irritation because the diversion roads are through the villages or through the you know uneven roads or it is through you know by lanes or side lanes. So here there is a. Uh, uh, trouble in the sea. God is intervening in the life of Jonah, not to uh, cause damage to the ship, not to endanger the lives of people in the ship. But God comes. He wanted to reroute Jonah on the sea. What did happen there? The trouble is, Jonah from the big ship needed to take a ride in the submarine. I don't. I wonder how many of us. Take a ride in the submarine. Very interesting. 
I was reading about the submarine. This submarine is none other than the big fish. How, what do we see here? Jonah got below and slept, and he's waking up, and uh, here God is arranging a fish to come and catch him in the middle of the whole of his trip. In God's execution of plan, okay, in his master plan, God comes to send a big fish waiting to transport him to the right shore, to the right destination. Well, God's plan achieved. That's what we see. God's mission is getting executed. So in God's plan to get executed, we cannot be lethargic. We cannot be cumbersome. We cannot be thoughtful or slumber or sleep off or we cannot be complacent. We need to wake up. We might have the knowledge of God, theology of God. What is gospel? If I ask you to put it up, gospel in natural, you would say, ta -ta -ta -ta. you would say so simply and put it in a natural and give it in a number of verses. But here, but God wants to execute his plan. Number of us, like Jonah, are found in the wrong place. But God has to reroute to execute his plan. So what we see at the end, the third point I'd like to bring to your knowledge is God's providence of his persuasion. There is a providence of God all the time it is working. Many times we say, oh, by coincidence, this has taken place. For a child of God, nothing called coincidence, but it is God's providence, God's provision. God never gave up to provide chance to Jonah and Nineveh. Jonah thought he will go to the far fetched you know, a distant land by sea route so that he need not be coming back at all to face Nineveh, a Syrian town. He thought he will escape to an unknown place and hide from God. We know this kind of things cannot happen with God. God has a provision to follow his child. I'm sure here you will recall number of people in Bible. Elijah, he was running away from God, was sleeping in a cave, God woke him up. And we also know that Peter, the great guy, our disciple of God, uh, all right, so the greatest disciple we ever know, Peter, who also walked on the water along with Jesus, who saw Jesus coming the sea, right, so he also thought, you know, he will give up on Jesus and run away to fishing, but God had caught him, and Thomas, he was, uh, we call him doubt, Doubting Thomas, okay, Peter, a betraying uh, Peter, Doubting Thomas is called Doubting Thomas. But in all the cases, God was persevering. There was a providence for God. Even for Judas, he indicated you are going to betray. But when after prediction, he still gave up his life. That is a different story. So what we see in God's providence, he is persuading you and me. So what it happened to Jonah? If you read the story, okay, that is very interesting. They threw a lot. The ship was rocking. They, the sailors could not do anything. And then the verse 7. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Wow. See, the very ungodly people, maybe in their whatever given knowledge of God, God feared, they were also trying all their best to identify what is going wrong? Because, you know, like in the case of Paul, he predicted there's going to be a storm. Here, these sailors are experienced guys, so they were expecting a full sail.
but there was disturbance or you know uh, the uh, tempest the waves and uh, you know rocky ship in which they were going across the uh, storms and waves so they threw a lot probably you know it was more of their customary thing and they threw the lot and they found jonah's name coming was god behind that i don't know maybe god was behind that also and so they were looking for jonah they were going through the passenger list michael name is a grace is there oh where is jonah where is jonah man coat is but but number 28 and coach number <laughs> yes to uh, b1 okay they came to his deck and jonah was found sleeping and jonah was woken up and what did they say to him they asked him tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble and for us where do you what do you do where do you come from what is your country from what people you are he answered i am a hebrew and i worship the lord the god of heaven who made sea and the land oh wow he gave a very good introduction about himself like many of us would share okay i was hunting for a house in the last few last two weeks time everybody asked what is your profession i needed to confess okay what i do and why i do okay so here he gave a introduction but here what we see this jonah name came in the lottery and they picked up and they came to him and so they are asking they are all praying they are all praying everybody is praying okay so a customary thing everybody does it when troubles come even you know i having worked with lots of hospital if i start praying for one patient i can easily see so many patient calling me sir brother mr come and pray for our baby or come and pray for our patient okay there are many of us who you know dr dorlams will say how you know they would see this every day see when you pray people are ready to be prayed for here this symptomatic thing they were doing is they were all praying did jonah pray very interesting jonah who claimed to be belonging to almighty god living god god who owned the sea god who owned the land god of heaven he was not praying he what did he say and the sea was getting rougher level and rougher so they asked him what should we do you to make the sea calm down for us he said shall we all pray no he didn't say that pick me up throw me into the sea he replied and it will become calm i know that it is my fault that is a great storm has come upon you he was requesting to be thrown into the sea that was also god's provision he knew something he guessed it is god who is rocking god who is disturbing god is going to reroute please throw me in the sea let come whatever may i will see it myself he was ready and then what did happen there and they were all crying verse 14 then they cried to the lord okay it is a superstition probably out of anguish uh, out of fear and doubt okay so they are praying to respective gods then they cry to the lord oh lord please do not let us die for taking this man's life do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man for you probably they were more godlier than this jonah and then what did happen they took jonah and threw him overboard and the raging sea grew calm and the men greatly feared the lord and they offered sacrifices to the lord and made vows to him 
but the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. Throwing in the ocean, catch by a fish, rerouting by a submarine, getting a new journey route, well happened. What did happen again? Coming the sea, saving the life of so many people upon the board. Well, all of us who, are, who started the journey with Jonah, well, our ship is going to sail calmly. We are going to Darshish. Well, our submarine will take off with Jonah to Nineveh. Okay, it might go to whatever land route available very close to Nineveh and the uh, uh, sea fish will go there. Let us forget what would happen for him. We will follow in the following weeks. So wait for the suspense to unfold. Let us see. Here, the uh, you know people who were innocent, ignorant, and they were ready to fear that God, their lives got saved. Come the storm. God did some miracle. All these things are God's provision. For what? Was it something to kind of uh, make a mythology come to pass? No, it is a true story. We all read Psalm 139 repeatedly. This is a this beautiful description of God's omnipresence, omniscience, and omnipotence. We are called to be his messengers of this almighty God, all-powerful and almighty God. He, through the Holy Word and the Holy Bible, is calling, and through his Holy Spirit, is persuading us to go and be on his mission with the great commission he has given to us. Well, he's not giving up as on you in his love. For God so loved the world, he gave his son, Jesus Christ, and sent him into the world so that anyone who believes on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Brothers and sisters, you and I received this message. You and I proclaim that I belong to this almighty God, Jehovah, Lord Jesus Christ. I am a believer. God never gives up on us in his love. He has persuaded his prophets, priests, disciples, and his servants in his mission. He still works on us. God will make a way. These are the songs we sing, where there is no other way. We sing, trust and obey. Jonah knew his misadventure. That's what we have identified. He knew and he disclosed his running away from God also to the people. So now let us ask ourselves, why do you do what you do? Okay, it's a very, uh, you know, a question to provoke you. Many of us do so many things. Why you do? Well, we live on this earth. Why do we live for? If you know that God has set us as his light, as his witness, as God established Israel to be the light, and a witness unto all nations to bring salvation unto all nations through Abraham and his descendants. It is the same for you. I am here to do what? His, to proclaim his good news. To proclaim Jesus Christ, our Lord. That I don't think there is any better mission than that. If you have any such better mission, I'm ready to follow you. Uh, one time, there was one particular father to whose daughter I proposed somebody who is in the full-time ministry. The other person is a very highly educated, prominent person. 
the father i told him sir this young man may not match academically to the other person you are so and so the person stood up and gave a big hug and said brother is said any better job than serving the lord and thank you for putting this proposal i will never forget he wept he tears were on his uh, eyes and the mother even now on their wedding anniversary will greet me or will write a letter with a handwritten letter why i am saying there is no better service than serving the lord unfortunately jonah at the beginning of his mission with the knowledge of god he had he could not follow the particular direction of his mission so are you in the right mission so why we don't do what god wants us to do the other way to ask us why we don't do what god wants us to do god wants us to do the proclamation of gospel there is no other matching mission for us as the children of god we can always say oh i can do friendship mission i can friendship evangelism i would like to live and show more than talking brothers and sisters i tell you a co passengers with jonah you are called to cry out against the wickedness of people remind them of sinful nature of people like john the baptist jesus cried out giving a clarion call repent the kingdom of god is at hand brothers and sisters guided by our own understanding and by our impulses we miss out god's direction number of things appear very deceptively as god's provision jonah found a ship in opposite direction readily there confirmed ticket available he had money and birth no rac confirmed birth under the pretext of necessity and circumstances we must not depart from god don't take this deceptive route to escape god's uh, the very route god is giving god's route is well planned he doesn't want to give up on us brothers and sisters i will take you straight to the very thing that i said it before you god never gives upon us his love never gives upon us and his love never would be given up uh, 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 upon the people though they may be uh, you know they the so called sinners or the so called wicked people ungodly people who may not be following the living god remember god's love never gives up he persuaded he wanted to teach the lesson jonah and to you and to me have we taken this lesson today from this chapter may god bless us shall we look to god in prayer